what's good you already know who it is and if you don't know who it is it's your man leon benson aka leon genesis aka your mom's favorite personal trainer aka let's get it aka let's work aka always working aka Theatrice thompson in the building what it do we back at it again man this is episode 126 Season 3 of the Passion Purpose Perspective Podcast by yours truly. We out here. We working. Um, technically, I'm recording this on Saturday. Um, however, I'm still going to say it anyway. Um, it is November 27th, 2022. Sunday, fun day by the time some of you guys listen to this. So yeah, man, we out here, we working. <clears throat> um, it's been a little bit. I skipped last week's episode. Um, yeah, because your boy had the flu. Um, I wanted to be on my Michael Jordan and try to just, you know what I'm saying, ball through the pain or whatever, but nah, it was not happening. Too much coughing, too much everything. So yeah had to recover that took a couple days but yeah man we back so <sighs> today 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 um <clears throat> let's get into today's episode but before we do that last week or last episode excuse me we talked about uh just eating cereal every day sh sugary cereals and just the the implications and health problems that come with eating sugary cereals every day and i also gave um just some advice or some perspective on a healthier uh, a healthier alternative to sugary cereals. So if you want to go back into the feed and check out episode 125, you can do that. Um, today, I'm going to talk about an article that I found online, and it is entitled Top Exercises to maintain or increase stamina as you age um this article is by tim Liu. it was updated november 12 2022 <clears throat> so again top exercises to increase or maintain stamina as you age as some of you guys know throughout time especially once you get into like your late 20s uh and and, and onward you know your stamina your if you're a man your testosterone you know just your physical abilities to build muscle maintain muscle have cardiovascular endurance have stamina muscular endurance it just declines significantly um especially for men uh, i think it's like at the age of like 27 or so our testosterone levels drop significantly so it gets harder for us to have energy maintain lean muscle mass um and in this case to be able to maintain or increase our stamina. So um, this guy, he's a, a trainer and a nutritionist, and he gave some advice on some top exercises to increase stamina as we age. Now, um, I do have some nitpicking to do, but it's nothing crazy. Uh, but before I get into that, I wanna just break down what is stamina. So. According to a Healthline article by Daniel Bubins, stamina is the mental and physical ability to sustain an activity for a long period. 
Um, another way that you might hear stamina uh, defined is uh, having pep or being energetic. So again, stamina is the mental and physical ability to sustain an activity for a long period of time. So in, in, in layman's terms, or to simplify that, you could say that stamina basically is one's mental edge. Because if you have a mental edge, when it comes to like physical activities, all right, you have stamina because you can, you can push yourself mentally to keep going. Even when your physical body is starting to break down or wanting to give in, you can have that mental edge. Some people have that mental edge, which allows them to push a little further or dig a little deeper in a workout or a competition. If it's a MMA fight or if it's basketball or football or whatever the case may be. Now, um, there's another aspect of, you know, just your ability to have energy, sustain energy, uh, maintain energy or maintain energy output. And that other aspect is endurance. Endurance is defined as your body's physical capability to sustain an exercise for an extended period. Now, there are two components to muscular endurance. Uh, are to endurance, excuse me, which is muscular endurance and cardiovascular endurance. Now, muscular endurance is the ability of your muscles to continuously work without getting tired. Okay, so if you're thinking about muscular endurance, you're thinking about, uh, you know, in terms of resistance training or weight training, when you're in the gym and you're doing like uh, just a lot of volume, a lot of reps and a lot of sets, being able to perform like, you know, 20 reps or 25 reps even or to be able to perform five sets of an exercise for 12 reps that's a lot of volume you're going to need a lot of muscular endurance to be able to perform those types of of activities so you 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 have to find ways to work on your muscular endurance now there's another aspect of endurance and that's cardiovascular endurance um, cardiovascular endurance is the ability of your heart and your lungs to fuel your body with oxygen so, again, good stamina is a result of becoming fitter, um, which, of course, is going to allow you to increase or have better cardiovascular endurance or if you're doing resistance training, muscular endurance or body weight exercises. So a lot of the times these two terms are are used interchangeably. Basically, people kind of say like, oh, well, this person has good stamina. What they might mean sometimes is that the person actually has good good endurance, uh, whether it's cardiovascular endurance or muscular endurance. Other times, they're actually going to mean stamina. And then other times, people will say, wow, this person has a, a lot of stamina. Um, and they actually might mean, or no, excuse me, this person has a lot of endurance or like really, really good, uh, you know, just cardiovascular endurance. What they might mean is the person has a lot of stamina. Um, so yeah, man, these things get confused. They get used interchangeably all the time. Essentially, they are somewhat the same in certain aspects because you got to look at, okay, your ability, your body's ability, your heart's and lungs ability to keep pushing through a workout, to keep going through a workout, to be able to sustain a certain level of energy output uh, or energy expenditure. Again, this depends on what you're doing, whether you're running, doing bodyweight exercises, resistance training in the gym, or if you're in a competition of some sort. You're, you're going to need both anyway at some point. But of course, again, it depends on what you're doing, because if you're a power lifter, you're not heavily relying on 
uh, cardiovascular endurance, but you are heavily relying on muscular endurance to a certain extent. It's for a shorter period of time, but you still need muscular endurance to be able to push or pull, you know, a vast amount of weight or a large amount of weight. Now, um, both stamina and endurance can be measured objectively. So they literally can be measured, you know, with different types of physical fitness test. And then, you know, of course, there's going to be science behind that. So some examples um, that I have here in my notes. A one mile run uh, compared to a certain age group, that can measure your cardiovascular endurance. But of course, it can only be, well, I wouldn't say only, but it can only I feel like it can only be measured based off of what you previously did or again, like the example says, by an age group. So let's say there's, I don't know, 10 people. Everybody's going to run one mile. Everyone's is within the same age range. Maybe there's like a two, one or two year difference between everybody in age and, and, and fitness abilities. So if all else is equal, as far as just the physical abilities, now everybody has to run that one mile. So we're clocking in at whatever times. Everyone's probably going to have a different time to some degree. Some people's is going to be neck and neck or whatever. Um, but again, that is going to test your cardiovascular endurance, especially if it's like a really high, high pace mile. We're talking like below sevens. Uh, below seven minutes, below six minutes. I'm definitely not doing below seven. I don't think, yeah, I think the fastest mile I ever ran was like 702 or like 657 or something like that. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one way to test cardiovascular endurance. Now, um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can, you can test out your muscular, uh, endurance, which is again, your, the ability of your muscles to work continuously without getting tired. So you can do a test of push-ups, which that's going to target or measure your upper body strength. So how many push-ups can you do in, I don't know, a minute or two minutes or whatever, or how, you know, how many push-ups can you do until you're completely like tapped out and tired compared to an individual that might be of the same build, um, or just maybe of your previous record that you had before. So once again, ways to test out your cardiovascular endurance might be something like a one mile run compared to other individuals in a group. And then testing out for muscular endurance, maybe doing like a maximum, what's your maximum amount of push-ups that you can do in a given amount of time or just until you reach failure compared to, uh, you know, a test that you did last year or a couple months before or compared to other individuals that maybe you might be testing with or competing against. So, yeah, those are some ways to test your stamina and your endurance. Now, uh, this guy, Tim Liu, he gave some exercise examples um, as far as increasing your stamina as you age. So there's five exercises here that he gave, and I'm just going to go through the list briefly. Now, exercise number one is the dumbbell goblet squat. Um, I think I actually have a video I did on Instagram recently of these, um, but he recommends 12 to 15 reps. Uh, dumbbell walking lunges. Again, he, he recommends 12 to 15 reps. 
um, which if you go into the 12 rep range, that is when you're working on muscular hypertrophy um, and trying to build lean muscle tissue in the body, for those of you who are curious. And then the third exercise is body weight rows with the TRX suspension straps. Um, for some people, including myself, you know, we might struggle with body weight exercises or pulling our own weight. So an alternative might be some dumbbell rows or some lateral uh, pull downs or some cable rows. But yeah, a fourth exercise he has here is the rower, rower machine interval. So if you've ever seen a rower machine in the gym, he recommends five sets of 200 meters, um, which is interesting. Um, I used to do the rower machine all the time. I used to do sets of 200 meters, but I would try to do it in a certain amount of minutes. I believe I tried to do it 200 meters or five. No, no, no. I, I used to try to do sets of 500 meters. But I would try to do it in under like three minutes or something like that, just to really try to push myself. But, you know, it's going to be different for every single individual. And then the fifth and final exercise that he recommends for increasing your cardio or your stamina as you age is the sled push, a weighted sled push with a 25 pound plate or a 45 pound plate. He also recommends three to five sets um, pushing for 20 to 40 yards. So my thing is this can, can you build stamina doing these exercises yes to a certain extent you can build a mental and physical ability to sustain an activity for a long period of time you can have peppiness or energy or or just be energetic which is stamina um but here's the thing these are only five exercises and Yes, you're you're working most of the body in these exercises, but there are some isolated movements that are missing from here that you could hugely benefit from or even increase your ability to perform some of these exercises. Um, so instead of me saying that, basically, the way that I feel about the article is this. Yes, these exercises can build stamina specifically for these exercises. What happens when the individual wants to do other types of, of movements or exercises? They're going to have to rebuild stamina from zero to whatever threshold they're trying to get to within that next exercise. Um, so that's my only thing with this is that it's very vague. These are just examples of exercises, but they're, they're so specific to what they what they do what they work on what they build and even still um i just feel like okay even with something like a rowing machine which was exercise number four that he recommended you're not gonna build like super duper crazy stamina that that's gonna translate into more cardiovascular endurance Unless you just stay with the rower machine. What happens if you want to go running? What happens if you want to play like some type of recreational sport that requires, you know, a longer burst of energy, you know, to be able to perform whatever sport you're performing at the highest levels, um, you know, just or even any other types of cardiovascular machines. Like you're going to need another gear. You're going to need to push a little more or or you know 
really practice that movement. Now, these movements, yes, you can build some stamina within the realm of these movements, but this is only five movements. You, some people are going to want to do other things. Some people are going to want to try to use these movements to, tr to, to translate into being able to be good at other types of exercises, depending on what their goals are. Um, so that was my only thing with this. It's just like, okay, th this is a very limited set of movements to say that someone can build stamina. It's to me, when I read the article, it sounded like, okay, you can build overall stamina, um, just with these exercises. And I don't believe that to be the case. I believe that these could be like, uh, this could be a nice foundation, especially if it's in the beginning of your, you know, fitness journey. But I don't think that these five exercises are going to like turn you into like the most elite individual, um, as far as stamina, because again, stamina, going back to my notes is the mental and physical ability to sustain an activity for a long period. So, Okay, how much of how much stamina is mental? How much is physical? Maybe there's some science behind that. Maybe there's some, you know, papers that have been written um, and published on that. I don't know. But to me, it just leaves me with the question of, okay, how much stamina can you actually build with just dumbbell goblet squats, dumbbell walking lunges, body weight rows, rower machine intervals, and sled pushes? There are other movements, even just in everyday life that you're going to be doing that are going to require a different level of stamina. And to me, when you get into like some of the details, it's not going to translate. These movements are not going to be the end all be all. And I'm not saying that that's what the article says. I, it just feels very vague. Um, now, and what about this? What about the individuals who maybe have not as much mobility um, or just flexibility to do a dumbbell goblet squat. What do you tell them? What about an individual who might struggle with dumbbell walking lunges just because, you know, their range of motion just might not be there? Or, you know, of course, like a lot of us, maybe they have some knee issues. What is an alternative? What are alternatives to these movements? And again, I feel like, okay, these movements are good for building stamina for these movements. But if you're trying to like build a foundation to be able to perform other types of activities in, in the gym or outside of the gym or in a competition, you're going to need more than dumbbell goblet squats, dumbbell walking lunges, bodyweight rows, roar machine intervals, and sled pushes. There's other machines that you can do if, it, if you're on machines, cardio-based machines or weight tra uh, resistance training machines. You know, there's different types of bodyweight exercises that you can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's my only thing is just like there are so many other ways to build stamina. But even as I think about saying that out loud, I'm also referring to one's ability to have endurance, whether it's muscular endurance or cardiovascular endurance. Now, you can you can go through these movements and you can master them at the most basic level with light weights and start out with like sets of 10 or whatever. You can just gradually, you know, progressively overload over the coming weeks and add more weight or you can add more sets. 
or you can add more reps, whatever the case may be, you're still only locked into these movements. So my only thing is just like, like I said, do these movements and exercises translate into becoming, you know, better at other types of movements or exercises um, that might be even more beneficial to your stamina? Um, I guess that's something that is kind of subjective and it just depends on the person. But yeah, there are other movements. These I, I feel are like, okay, these are a good base. If you're, if you're somewhat, you know, within the first couple of years of training, yes, doing these movements, they're going to be advanced for you. They're going to be a struggle for you. They're really going to push you, um, and make you a stronger individual. But, but at some point you are going to have to, you know, level up or graduate from these five movements because there's so many other things that you could be working on or doing that really will increase your stamina um and another thing too i feel like with stamina comes just consistency and practice if you're consistently going to the gym or doing bodyweight exercises or working out at home or just practicing you know, whatever type of recreational sport you do or whether it's at a professional level, the the more consistently that you practice it throughout throughout time with, of course, some rest in between to create some type of balance that is going to allow you to also build up your stamina, especially on the mental side is knowing that you can perform at the best of your ability and actually improve on some of your metrics and performances. Another thing that should should have been mentioned in the article but just again something that's coming to mind to me as i'm speaking now is just tracking your progress from a literal perspective in terms of the metrics so even if you're doing something like a roar machine and you do what it suggests five sets of 200 meters well how long did it take you to do that the first six weeks now figure out how you can improve upon those five sets of 200 meters. Maybe you can decrease the amount of time that you complete the 200 meters, or maybe you're just, you know, you look at your heart rate and your heart rate isn't as high after, you know, so many weeks of performing because you're getting better at it. So it doesn't take as much energy for you to perform the exercise because you're getting more oxygen to the, to the brain, to the muscles, um, to be able to push through or something of that sort, like measuring your performance over time is another way for you to increase your stamina as you age, because those numbers are going to show you, am I actually getting better? Am I decline? Am I getting worse? Um, and um, of course, a lot of us, we don't track the details of our workout. Some of us do, some of us don't. Some of us go based off of feeling how we feel. But again, that can, that can be you know, misleading as well. Sometimes we think we feel better than we actually are. Sometimes we think we feel we we feel worse or are doing worse than what we actually are. So it's very hard to gauge if we're not looking at the numbers. So measuring some of the or all of the workouts that you do um, to see if your stamina is improving over time is another way to increase your stamina as you age. Um, so, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Aside from that, of course, you got to look at where you are in your journey, what your age is, what your physical abilities are. You got to look at your genetic history. You got to look at, you know, where you are with your mobility, agility, your body mass index, your basal metabolic rate, you know, um, what your goals are, what your time horizon is, um, and just what you're trying to get out of, you know, just 
the journey of increasing your stamina as you age. Like, why do you want to increase your stamina as you age? That's also another important factor as well. Um, but yeah, these are some great movements as far as the dumbbell goblet squat, dumbbell walking lunges, body weight rows for, with the TRX suspension straps, the rower machine intervals, and the sled push. Yes. Um, but of course, there are other movements and exercises that will drastically increase your stamina as you age if you put in the time and have the physical abilities um you know and work your way up slowly over time there definitely are other exercises and things that you can do that are you know in some respects a little more beneficial to increasing your stamina but of course this list is a very good start so i'm not trying to knock it um i just thought there should have been a little bit more you know of a detailed explanation as to you know alternatives um, to some of these movements, as well as looking at, again, the metrics, measuring the numbers to see what can you really do? Um, what, you know, what is your maximum output? You know, where can you improve at? Um, and, and, and just what, what other, what other exercises can you do that might get you, you know, just more benefits. So yeah, man, that is pretty much the fitness portion of today's episode. So if you enjoyed that, make sure you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. Now, getting into the finance portion of today's episode, um, let's get into just a brief update of what has been going on. And since I skipped, uh, what, last week, um, yeah. I mean, you would think there would be more information and just more developments, but really there's not. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. The S&P 500 at the close two weeks ago was at 3,965.34 points or 17.70% off of the January 4th highs. Now... In the world of tech, there have been major layoffs. Um, companies like Twitter, companies like Amazon have been laying off a lot of people, um, you know, by the tens of thousands in for some cases. And basically right now, we're just, everybody in the finance world is waiting to see if the Fed will remain hawkish and keep raising rates or if they'll actually become dovish and back off or start to slow down the pace of interest rate hikes because of some of the, the data that's coming out. Um, because, yeah, man, really at this point, it's just like waiting for the recession to come. Most of us know that it's on the way. And I mean, just, yeah. I just don't see how it's not going to happen. Like it's, it, it has to happen at some point, especially if they're going to continue to increase interest rates. Um, because of course rate hikes, they're going to influence future behavior. Um, which is just based on, you know, the, the past and, and history and so many unknowns and so many known unknowns. And it's just like, man, um, Honestly, it's just really like beating a dead horse, man. It's the same thing over and over. Um, Federal Reserve is trying to get interest rates 
are, are not trying to get interest rates. They're trying to get inflation under control. Inflation came in at 7.7% um, not too long ago, and the markets rallied and got super-duper excited. Um, again, there's some people out there, some analysts and professionals that still think that we're going to end the year way, way up with a bang. We're going to rally by the end of the year and have a quote-unquote Santa Claus rally because I guess historically uh, the market, you know, it, it it advances or it rallies in the later half of the year. Um, honestly, that's something that I don't remember too much from last year. Um, just in hindsight, now that I think about it, there maybe there was, you know, a rally or so, you know, towards the end of the year. But honestly, I really don't remember. Anyway, um, I still feel the same as far as, you know, if the data continues to come in as far as inflation being just even a tad bit lower, I think the markets are going to rally every single time because of that. They look at that as good news. They look at it as they look at it as inflation has peaked. Some people already are saying that inflation has peaked, it's reached its top level, and that we're good. We're we're in the clear essentially as far as there's not gonna be any more any more pain from that side of the spectrum. But to me, still seven point seven percent is not two or two and a half percent. And Unless there's just, unless inflation really, really comes down, like, you know, I don't know, just in the most ridiculous way, I just, yeah, I feel like we're still going to get interest rate hikes, you know, who knows, maybe even beyond the Fed funds rate of 5%. But honestly, I really have no idea. Again, some professionals and analysts are saying that, once the Fed funds rate gets to about 5%, that is when pretty much things will start to slowly reverse over time. Um, and the Fed will essentially pivot or just back down and start to pause rates or slow rates and then pause them and then start to cut. I really have no idea. I truly haven't studied too much of the interest rate cycle um, as far as like the seventies, when inflation was just absolutely ridiculous at one point, um, or even any, any stuff from like the twenties, 1920s, as far as like the crash and just where rates were at that point. I don't even know if people paid attention to interest rates at that point. I don't even think there was a federal reserve in the 1920s. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's really just, we're all just waiting to see what happens with any data that comes out. And seeing what the Fed is going to do with that. Um, and people have also been talking about credit card balances. Apparently, people are, you know, utilizing a lot more debt than they should be. So that's something that's interesting. Credit card balances are up 15%. So, yeah, that is just probably going to continue to increase uh, the debt that we have in this country. Um I mean, not that that really makes a huge difference at this point because we still have to bring inflation down, which probably means we're going to cause more pain in the uh, in the labor market. We're going to we're going to cause more of a struggle for people that are buying houses or getting cars or, you know, more people that want to get credit cards or people that want to get personal loans remaining super expensive as far as the interest rates that they're paying. So, yeah, 
Some people are thinking we're going to get a 75 basis point rate hike. Some people are saying it's only going to be 50 basis points. Really no idea what the hell is going to happen with that. Um, the next uh, the next FOMC meeting, I believe, is in December, December 13th to December 14th. And these FOMC meetings, for those of you who don't know, this is where the Federal Reserve and other, you know, just, I don't know, economists and politicians and different people within the, the world of finance, some of some of the more important individuals, they go, they look at some of the data and they essentially come up with a game plan based on that data and they give something called forward guidance so they kind of just let people know like hey based on this economic data that we've got from the labor market the, the uh, or the jobs market what we got from the housing market what we got from retail sales what we get from uh used car sales uh you know what else just all the other types of metrics that they look at you know from there they they look at okay we're gonna raise rates by this much or we're not gonna raise rates or we're gonna cut rates but yeah wherever they feel like they're at depending on some of this information that comes back which could which is kind of some of it is lagging it comes a little bit after the fact they're gonna base their next you know decision on whether they should continue to increase interest rates or not so yeah we're pretty much just waiting around on that. There's not too much going on uh, outside of that. There's like little minute details and things as far as like maybe the housing market. Maybe there's some more stuff going on with that. But yeah, like I said, man, it's like beating a dead horse at this point. Um, I don't see anything that's like worth getting super amped up about or super nervous about. It still looks like at some point we're going to get a recession. Um, the yield curve on the three month, uh, on the three month in the what else? And uh, the ten year is it still is significantly inverted, and that's one of those signals that apparently has like a really high success rate in terms of predicting recessions. So yeah, that's been inverted for a very long time now. As far as like the last, I don't know, it's been, it's been a while. I'm pretty sure it's been a couple of months that it's been inverted. So if that's any indication at all, we're, we're, we're at some point probably going to have a recession. Who knows? I really don't know. Um, you can, you can pile up some cash reserves, wait for prices to come down. If that's something you're into, you can just live your life normally how you live your life. Um, you can continue to, you know, study and look at what the Federal Reserve is doing, or you can look at, you know, just whether holiday sales are going to be severely impacted in a negative way by the current interest rate market. Either way, like we still have to work, we still have to pay bills, like we still have to, you know, work on our goals and dreams like those aspects don't change. I know for some people it's really painful right now. Um so really it's just about building up your skills whatever skills that you can build right now um at this day and age is the most important thing that you could possibly do um outside of getting caught up in the nonsense the market is the market it's going to do whatever it does there are people out there that are still deeply affected by this and it's very unfortunate um so yeah man you know definitely if you're in i mean 
I don't know. There could be somebody listening to this that doesn't have a job. I have no idea. But if you're somebody who's kind of struggling in, in terms of the job labor market or whatever, there are a lot of job opportunities out there if you're not as picky. So you really need to just, you know, cast a very, 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 very large net. And within that net of opportunities that comes your way, you really need to dial it down and just say yes to something. And then from there, you can utilize that just to build some momentum and work on the things that you really are looking forward to or really want to do, you know, when you're able to build up enough capital or have enough time. Um, but yeah, man, there's not much to do other than all of those things that I just named, like, you know, just improve your skills, get better, because whether we go into a recession or not, you still have to pay bills, you still have to feed your family, you know, you still have to get on with life, you still have to find your own happiness, you still have to be fulfilled and satisfied with wherever you are in your life. Um, because at the end of the day, this is all just noise and nonsense. If you're gonna invest, come up with your strategy, stick to that strategy, don't change it for anybody except yourself if you do want to change it if you feel like it's not working but none of it really matters like as far as like just some of the minutia and some of the details because yeah man none of these none of these financial analysts are coming to save you these people that are on you know some of these news channels talking about what's happening in the economy they're there for a reason they're not there to to truly inform they're there to to uh some of them are there really to 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 bring fear, put fear into people's uh, hearts in terms of what they want to do or should do with their money. Some people say, oh, get out of the market. If I were you, I would get out. Or if I was investors, I would do this or do that. It's just like you, you talk about what you would do or or, you know, make it more vague, you know. Or again, maybe I could be way off here. Maybe I'm doing the exact same thing that some of these, you know, newscasters are doing in the in the world of finance. I have no idea. Hopefully I'm not. But all I'm saying is like, yeah, man, work on your skills, become a better human being. You know, if you're in a situation where you have the means and the opportunity to still survive and get through this, because, again, no one's coming to save you if we go into a recession. So you've got to look at your skills and what you bring to the table. and You've got to double down on that. Um uh, information is definitely key. Um, in the words of Eric Thomas, motivational speaker, you know, information changes situations. So get your hands on the most useful information that you need for your skill set and utilize that to the best of your advantage because that's really the only thing you can do at this point. Um, you know, unless you're already somebody who's a, you know, a got hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank or tens of thousands of dollars in the bank or whether you're multimillionaire or not whatever if you are you don't got to be listening to this but um yeah if you're not build up your skills man we got to build up our skills and get better um and create some type of service we got to find a way to serve the people because yeah there's people out there that are going to need certain things especially if we do get a recession and it does affect them they're going to need certain products and services so you better be one of those people that's providing that product or service when the time comes because it's going to come especially if we do go into a recession uh whether it's early next year end of next year or 2024 um who knows but uh by my little funky ass projections which i shouldn't make because i'm you know supposed to be a disciple of warren and charlie but yeah still if we if we're looking at yield curve inversions 
maybe end of end of next year, September or September 2024 or March of next year, we might go into a recession. Who the hell knows? It doesn't change the fact that you still got to get up off of your ass every day and make something of yourself. So, yeah, man, the Federal Reserve is going to do whatever they need to do in order to regain price stabilization and maximum employment. If that means raising interest rates higher and causing more pain, that's what they're going to do. If it means pausing, you know, and, and just figuring out what happens with the date, with the with the incoming data, they're going to do that. If it means cutting interest rates, they're going to do that no matter what. It's like they're not coming to save us anyway. Um, so, yeah, again, get your hands on the information that you need to get your hands on and utilize it and execute on your game plan. Um, aside from that, I want to just briefly go into uh, consolidated income statements. And we're getting closer to the end of that portion of analyzing annual reports or 10K reports. So uh, if you're analyzing businesses that you're, that you're trying to invest in, you want to look at income statements. So there's income from unconsolidated subsidiaries net of taxes that's something you want to look at you want to also look at net income including non-controlling interest that is another thing you want to look at and you want to see an increase in that line item and non-controlling interest essentially is just shareholders that own less than 50 percent of the outstanding shares of a company and they don't have any decision-making power or abilities over that company that they own shares of. So that's the non-controlling interest. That's what non-controlling interest is. Now, other things you want to look at on the consolidated statement of income is net income attributable to whatever company you're invested in or looking at investing in or considering or whatever. That's going to tell you if the company made a profit or operated at a loss. Now, at some point, um, we're going to talk about weighted average shares outstanding, both basic and diluted. There's, there's, uh, there's some interesting things. Well, I don't know if they're interesting, but there are some things to look at and pay attention to in regards to shares outstanding of these publicly traded companies. You know, sometimes the shares will increase. Sometimes the shares will decrease. Um, it depends on what the company is doing, what they're trying to do, you know, how much cash they have or don't have. And that is going to affect the value of that business over time, depending on what they're doing with those shares outstanding and whether they dilute them or not. So, yeah, I guess what I want to do at some point is spend a few episodes on that and just kind of break some of that down and even just breaking down in general, like you know, the different types of, uh, just the different types of stock, you know, there's preferred stock, there's dividend stock, there's, there, you know, there's cash dividends, um, there's convertible preferred, but really I want to just look at again, like how shares outstanding, how they affect the company's balance sheet, how they affect the company's just finances overall, when you're looking at balance sheets, consolidated uh, income statements, you know, when you're looking at investing activities, etc. 
you definitely want to pay attention to the shares outstanding and what's going on in that area because yeah sometimes what you're seeing is not what you think it is and that's also something that i'm trying to work on and figure out and learn you know week by week to really gauge you know whether a company is is doing well and managing their assets properly or if there is something that is you know just critical to the destruction of a company that I need to look out for. So yeah, man, those are some other things I want to talk about uh, in the next couple of episodes and just spend some time on that. So if you enjoyed this portion of today's episode, make sure that you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. So with that being said, You already know who it is. I'm not going to say it again. I'm out.